If you ever smell fresh cut grass in your garden, it is actually a distress signal that the grass emits to save itself from further injury. Welcome to Nano Matters, the podcast that explores examples of nanotechnology. I'm Lisa Friedersdorf, Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Here with me today is Tedrick Thomas Salim Liu, a doctoral student in the Strano Lab at MIT. He has developed a sensor that can detect when a plant is stressed. So Tedrick, what does it mean for a plant to be stressed? And what can we learn from plant stress? So plants live in a constantly changing environment. Stresses are usually caused by a sudden change in the external conditions, such as humidity, temperature, or light intensity. And because plants cannot move or run away from these stressful conditions, they have evolved a complex set of signaling pathways as part of their communication system, which then ultimately modify their gene expression and metabolic pathways within the plants. So you can think of these signaling pathways as the language that plants use to communicate when they get stressed. If you ever smell fresh cut grass in your garden or local park, it is actually a distress signal that the grass emits to save itself from any kind of further injury. Stresses can also change the taste of vegetable or crops. And more importantly, these plant defense mechanisms are also often achieved at the expense of their growth, which is a very serious problem as our demand for food increases with a growing global population. So learning about plant stress and the language that plants use to adapt to these stresses is very important as it will allow us to diagnose the stresses early on. And this can be diagnosed before the growth of the plants is adversely affected, such that we can intervene and fine-tune the growth conditions to optimize the crop yield. You talked about being able to detect these stress signals so that you can intervene before there's a loss in productivity of a plant, for instance, if it's a crop. Can you talk a a little bit about how you go about measuring these signals in the sensor that you developed? Yeah, sure. So about four years ago, I just joined a lab in MIT and I was getting trained to use an instrument in the lab. I was not being careful enough being a new scientist back then. And I accidentally inflicted a wound on a plant leaf just from my hand movements and, and clumsiness, really. The next day, I was about to discard the data from the experiment, but I saw that something within the plants have changed the sensor fluorescence upon wounding. We didn't know what the cause was, but after digging more and more and talking to different experts, we finally realized that we were detecting hydrogen peroxide, which was released by the plant leaf upon wounding. So yeah, it it took us a few more months after that to be able to replicate that kind of experiment. And we were very excited that we could see this signal over and over again with our sensors across very different plant species. So how does nanotechnology play a role in the sensor? Nanotechnology plays a key role in the development of this sensor. Unlike animal cells, the plant cell has this thick cell wall, which has pores of less than 50 nanometers. So for anything to enter the plant cell, it has to be of size smaller than 50 nanometers. 
We made our sensor out of carbon nanotube because it has a diameter of less than 10 nanometers and length of a few hundred nanometers. So it acts like a needle to penetrate into the plant cell cytoplasm. And this is important because for the sensors to detect hydrogen peroxide, they need to be localized within the plant organelles which actually produce hydrogen peroxide upon stresses. So these organelles are namely the chloroplast, uh, the organelle responsible for photosynthesis, and also the plasma membrane of a plant cell. We learned how to target this specific plant subcellular compartments by adjusting the surface charge and also the size of the nanosensor. And the surface chemistry of nanomaterials can be modified easily. So how would this sensor be used by farmers to manage their crops? The sensor really allows us to learn more about the plant language. It enables us to learn about what kind of stresses they experience and how they cope with the different stresses. The sensor allows the translation of plant internal information, which is invisible to our naked eyes, to an optical signal which can be easily intercepted by portable and inexpensive electronics like Raspberry Pi or smartphones. And because we can access this information about plant health at the same time as when plants experience that stress, farmers and agricultural end users can then take early actions to mitigate the impact of these stresses on their crop health or yield. Usually, plant stress is assessed only a few days later or a few months later when the leaf is already yellowing or the crop is already in a bad shape. And that's when it's too late to do anything to save the plants. So do many different types of plants release hydrogen peroxide in this way? Yeah, we demonstrated that uh, we probed the defense mechanisms of eight or nine different plants in the first study, and we saw that all kinds of plants actually use hydrogen peroxide as a signaling molecule when they get wounded. So you mentioned that it's triggered when there's some sort of mechanical injury or, or heat or light. Is it also triggered when there's for instance, an infection or fungus or a pest attack? Yeah, definitely. So when insect feeds on it, it will tr actually trigger mechanical wounding, which will then induce this evolution of signal again that can be captured by our sensors. When there is also like pest attack or pathogen infection, the plants also release this hydrogen peroxide really as a communication signal to alert other plants or other leaves to get ready for that kind of infection by producing more metabolites that can deter insects from eating them more and more. Wow, that's really fascinating. How far off is this technology? How, how mature is it? Is this something that agricultural industry is going to be able to use in the near term? Yes, we have demonstrated that this technology works in the lab setting. Uh, the next question and challenge is to ensure that it can also work outside the lab. So we have partnered with a few urban farms around the world to demonstrate that we can actually use this technology to monitor the health of their crops. There are a few engineering aspects that we need to consider to practically apply this technology outside of the lab, especially to make sure that our technology can be used by non-scientists or non-engineers, such as farmers and agricultural end users. 
we have made significant improvement compared to the first generation technology. We can now use a, a smartphone technology to visualize the sensor dynamics instead of an expensive laboratory-grade camera. So I like to think that we are one step closer towards the actual implementation of this technology in the field. Well, Tedrick, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to talk with us today. Do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners? I think that the field of plant nanotechnology is just at the beginning. In the next 30 years or so, the food demand is expected to double to feed the growing global population. Creative science and technologies to improve agricultural practices are needed now more than ever. Nanotechnology has a huge potential to transform modern farming practices. I think that in the next few years, we are going to see more and more examples of how nanotechnology can help us learn so much about plants to ultimately boost the productivity of our food production in a safe and sustainable manner.